This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Today we are going to dig deeper on one aspect of the new legislation that Transport Minister Jeff Urich is introducing today. He touched on it when we talked yesterday and we won't have the full details for a while, but the province is looking at raising the speed limits on 400 series highways. It's not clear if they're considering a single speed limit, like 120 kilometers an hour, or if it would be different in different places, for instance, 110 in some areas. The arguments for it are that it is already higher in some other provinces, and that works just fine. Uh, the other is that the reality is, and anyone who drives on the highway knows this, the reality is that people do drive faster than 100 kilometers an hour. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of places where if you're driving the speed limit, you get honked and nearly run off the road. The argument against raising the limits are very simply that the higher the speed, the more likely there is to be serious injury and death resulting from collisions. Uh, you know, we posted this, Sam Houston posted this as the Facebook question on our Facebook page this morning, and there was a huge response. So I hope some of those people are getting ready to call in and give us their views, the numbers to call 416 Toll free seven forty four seven forty. And right now we are beginning with Brian Patterson from the Ontario Safety League. Hi, Brian. Hi, Libby. So what is your view on this? Well, I think the uh the science part uh says that uh it can be done safely. So we're uh we're we're not expecting a major uh change, but there are you know, the, the question is always the fine print. Uh, we don't want to see the, uh, the savings in, in, uh, life that we got by, uh, uh, ticketing and, and towing at 150 on a, a 400 series highway. We want that to remain. Uh, and we also want to make sure that, uh, uh, the test areas are, uh, fair. I mean, I don't think we're going to see anytime soon within the, uh, GTHA, uh, just because of the compression and the number of vehicles on there. And I know the uh, uh, the OPP uh, will be just as busy uh, dealing with uh, drivers who are uh, changing lanes without signaling and uh, 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 following too close and acting erratically and causing difficulty. So I, I, I think it's going to be livable. Now, what do you say to the argument simply speed kills? We know that the higher the speed that uh, a, a collision takes place at, uh, the higher the chances are that it will result in a very, very serious injury or death. Uh, speed's always a factor. And I think uh, when you look at collision uh, um, uh, reviews and statistics, there's often another factor in play, uh, including speed. So it's speed and driving erratically, driving distracted. B 
speed and uh, driving while impaired, speed and uh, driving to uh, uh, dealing with vehicles that are uh, an obstruction. So there's a, there's a number of elements that bring that together. So I think at the end of the day, we're, uh, we're going to be able to, uh, I think we're going to be able to manage this because as mo- most of your listeners know, uh, 120, uh, the, the percentage of people driving 120 has not dramatically uh, uh, changed the uh, collision uh, statistics on any of our highways in the last 10 years. How many people do you think already drive at around 120? Well, we took part in a study with the CBC, and uh, uh, at the end of the day, about 85% of vehicles are traveling in excess of the speed limit. 85%, wow. Uh, on a good day, on a good weather day, et cetera, et cetera. So take today, you know, there was fog in parts of the, the 400 that uh, around the GTA. First thing in the morning, there was rain. Those are not ideal conditions. So uh, I think uh, in that study, it was a day uh, that uh, was, uh, um, there were no other inclement weather factors to, to be in place. But it's, uh, it's going to take some time, but I, but I think there are uh, details that can be worked out with the ministry that'll uh, uh, help make it safe. And do, would you like to see a single speed limit like 120, or would you like to see it uh, differently, different in different uh, areas? Uh, I, I think uh, you, you should never allow politicians to pick the speed limit. Uh, it should always be based on the science. So there are a lot of areas where congestion is low. And uh, the distance between uh, uh, being able to pull off and pull on are, you know, 12, 15 kilometers away. And, uh, and it could uh, deal with that. Uh, one suggestion yesterday was would the 407 uh, be one that would be eligible? And right now it has, you know, uh, relatively uh, low congestion and uh, issues. As long as, as I say, we maintain the extreme driving element uh, and uh, sanction people appropriately and, uh we don't end up with 170 being the new 150. Well, that's it. I, I mean, I've heard it said that uh, if we increase the speed limits, we also have to increase enforcement uh, to make sure that the new speed limit is the actual speed limit, unlike the way things are now. But I don't think that there's personnel to increase enforcement, I guess, you know, where there could be more cameras and stuff. Well, the, uh, one uh, one issue that uh, uh, has been uh, uh, te- there are some jurisdictions that have been testing both cameras and variable speed, so that uh, again the weather factors and all of those elements will come into play, uh, and then you'll be able to determine whether uh, you're going to adjust the speed at that time in that area. I mean, uh, we have uh, inclement weather and other issues that uh, are factors here. Okay, hang on. I would like to bring in Charles Cox. He is the commander of the Highway Safety Division for the OPP and co-chair of the Traffic Committee of the Ontario Chiefs of Police Association. Hi there. Hello, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not doing too bad today at all. So what do you think of this proposal? Well, uh, we're talking about obviously the increased speed limits. Yes, yeah, I mean, there's research out there that indicates that, uh, you know, increases are likely, uh, uh, likelihood, uh, whenever there's a speed increase, there's a, a likelihood of being involved in a crash, and it also increases the severity of injuries, injuries that are sustained by all road users that are involved in those crashes. So at the end of the day, these decisions are made by the Ontario government, by the Ministry of Transportation Ontario, not by the police. 
and it's our job to enforce the speeding laws according to the uh, the best interests of public safety. Okay, well, obviously we understand that. Uh, I'm also on the line with Brian Patterson from the Ontario Safety League, and he says there's science to show that this is okay, and it exists in other jurisdictions in Canada. Yes, there are other jurisdictions in Canada where speed limits have been increased. And? And? Uh, has there been evidence that it's caused an increase in in uh, bad injuries and death? Well, I think, and uh, in fact, I think if you look at the BC situation, uh, it's going back a couple of years now, but as I recall, they had increased on certain highways up to 120 kilometers an hour, and then after uh, some time, re- uh, re- realized that there was an increase in their crashes and they uh, ended up pulling it back, I believe. And Brian can correct me because he might know better. Uh, they no, I, they I agree, back Chuck. 110. Sorry? Uh, I agree, Chuck. It's uh, the uh, that one incremental massive jump with no education, no enforcement, no nothing else uh, didn't bode them well. So uh, I think they, I, I don't know whether their minister was excited about having the fastest highway or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think the issue here is that uh you know there needs to be some uh in-depth consultation, uh, multidisciplinary consultation with regards to any increase. And I think that uh there needs to be uh significant changes to the deterrent process to ensure that if there is an increase that people are held accountable uh for their driving behaviors and that they uh and that, and that they do maintain the speed limit while on the highways, especially if there if there is an increase that's being proposed and being instituted. So that could mean anything from, you know, changing the fine schedule so that there's more significant impact on people that are uh, that are caught speeding, and or it could mean uh, looking at different ways to police to ensure that uh, people are held accountable for their speeds on our highways. Part of the thing, uh, and I I guess this is part of the motivation that you know. A hundred kilometers is not what is going on on the highways now. And I've certainly been in a position driving a hundred kilometers an hour and nearly got run off the road and not in the left lane, uh, when people are impatient. So, uh, do you think there's any value to having a speed limit that actually reflects the reality? Well, I think the reality is, at least the last time we looked at this, was which, which was, I think, back in 2016, the reality is that the average speed on, on, our, uh, on our freeways or our major highways is anywhere between 96 to 114 kilometers an hour. Um, then the, up in the 85th percentile range, it was somewhere between 110 to 124 kilometers an hour. So if you increase the average, if you increase the speed limit, you'll also see what I would, I, I would expect to see an average an increase in the average speed of vehicles on our highway as well as a result of that. And we do know that aggressive driving and speed-related collisions um, kill people. I mean, in, in 2018, we had 294 fatal crashes on OPP-patrolled highways, of which 74 were speed-related. Um, and, and so far this year, um, speed-related uh, fatalities are the highest of the of the biggest four contributors to fatal collisions on our highways as well this year. So we and and it's not just about speed; it's also about speed differential. And Brian, maybe you can weigh what, in on what that is, issue. What is speed yeah. differential? Uh, the the difference between the uh, average or the uh, or some call it the natural speed, and then these uh, outliers who are going extremely 
significantly above that. As uh, uh, Chuck may not know, we our position with the ministry is all the sanctions that are currently in place for doing 150 must remain in place if they're going to make this change, because the science on the 150 is absolutely there, and we don't want to see a, a, a perception in people's minds that uh, anywhere at any time. So the science has to lead these changes. Less congested area, uh, not an area in which there's been significant collisions in the past, and the uh, the ability to uh, uh, enforce and educate in the same way. So I think uh, um, I, I don't want people to now decide that uh, if they go 169, they're going to avoid the uh, stunt driving uh, issues because as the as the, the the superintendent knows, there are real sanctions for that those kind of ridiculous speeds, and we have to keep them in place. There, I don't want them to move. Well, no, I, it, I agree with that, Brian. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is, if you have a vehicle that's traveling at 120 kilometers an hour, and you have a vehicle that's traveling at 100 kilometers an hour, and all of a sudden there's a significant change in the road conditions ahead, could be traffic queuing, could be anything. It's going to take a lot longer for that vehicle to stop that's going 120 kilometers an hour than it is for that vehicle that's going 100 kilometers an hour. And that's what concerns me. Well, I mean, we've had experiences just this winter of a couple of really bad pileups. Yeah, that's correct. In, in many of those, that's that whole area of, uh, you know, driving distracted, uh, driving erratically, uh, pulling in front of someone who's maintaining a safe stopping distance and uh, collapsing that. And as the commercial drivers will tell you, the uh, signals are well ahead for drivers who are paying attention. So those that cause that, those, those consequences are both a combination of uh, bad speed for the condition, but also uh, these other areas of the OPP have been doing a good job of cracking down on the distracted, uh, waving in and out of lanes, not paying attention to driving. Um, uh, and I think, uh, you know, if you get any of these tickets, uh, re-education is uh, critical, and we haven't been able to have that discussion, but I think we're going to have it now. Okay, I'm going to bring in Elliot Silverstein, who's the Manager of Government Relations at the Canadian Automobile Association. Hi, Elliot. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, so you've been hearing the discussion. What is your position on it? Well, I think, you know, the, the pilot project that's going forward is, is something that I think that's going to be uh, interesting to explore because um, we know, you know, hearing from members, that there are a number of people that will drive in excess of 100 kilometers and uh, understanding the the, uh, the perspective of the government right now. I think that uh, doing a small pilot um, is valuable to get to get a sense of things, but it's also an important reminder for for motorists to realize that there are that the speed limits are there in place, and that this is an important reminder to drive safely. So as we do this, we underscore the reminders to keep your phones put away, to remember to focus safely on the roads, and to navigate around conditions because um, different weather patterns create different uh, challenges on the roads. So really, at the end of the day, you know it could be a ten kilometer difference here. Um, some may say they already do it, but really, what we want to try and reinforce here. Is safety throughout. And Chief, do you think, I mean, realistically, if the speed limits increase, will people take it as a suggestion and, and think, well, if it's 120, it really means I can go 130? Well, I think, you know, right now, you know, there, there's been an opportunity uh, to try and educate people. And I think this is where the partnership with law enforcement across the province is so critical because, um, you know, we, we do know that some people will drive in excess of 100 kilometers. But this is an important reminder to say that if there is going to be uh, an increase, say, of 10 kilometers, that there is going to be um, more more of a zero tolerance approach or, or more of a, a crackdown on some of the excessive speeders because um, certainly we want to make sure that people are driving according to the conditions and making sure they're driving safely. 
because, uh, again, a speed limit is exactly that. It's a limit. It's not a, a minimum threshold. Chief? Yeah, my position is, uh, as I've already indicated, uh, that we know that the average operating speed on our freeways already ranges, uh, you know, between 100 kilometers an hour and 114 kilometers an hour, and, and that's not including the outliers that are up higher than that. Um, so I expect that if we see an increase in our in our speed limits, we'll probably also see an increase in our average uh, speed on our freeways. And I agree with what's being said, that there needs to be uh, changes to the deterrence. Um, because a, a zero approach or a zero tolerance approach to this is very difficult to do unless there's, um, you know, a change in the deterrence process, which could mean uh, increasing, uh, taking another look at the fine schedule for speeding, as well as looking for other alternative methodologies in which to enforce speeding that doesn't require a significant increase in our resources on the highway. Uh, I know that your job is enforcement, but uh, is your organization going to take a, a position on this? I mean, if we're, if we're included as part of the consultation, of course, we'll we'll provide our opinion with regards to our thoughts on this issue. I mean, what I hear from you is that you don't think it's a very good idea. Well, I think that there needs to be, um, you know, I, I mean, we've got some of the safest roads in North America. Um, there may be opportunities uh, in certain areas on our highways across the province to to run a pilot and to look at the option of increasing uh, speed limit on our 400 series highways because, uh, you know, they are uh, engineered and designed uh, to be able to um, more than likely handle speeds that are a little a little faster. Um, but I think it just needs to be done carefully. And I think there's other pieces to the puzzle that need to be factored into the decision-making process, like the deterrence. Okay, let's take a couple of calls from our listeners. We've got Eric in Richmond Hill. Hi, Eric. Hi, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I listened to your show, and it's quite interesting. Thank you. But uh, I'm listening to what's going on here and these governments right now. And, you know, there's better things to be done right now than playing with speed limits. Now, I want to remind everyone that the faster you drive is the more fuel you use. And we're also talking about carbon taxes and pollution and trying to, you know, get the green state in place. Um, if people want to speak, they want to try it, let me go on the 407 and pay the toll. Right now, I drive these roads, and I don't know see a cop pulling somebody over charging them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what Brian and these guys are talking about. And every time this government do something, it has something to do with signs. How much is this change going to cause? the taxpayers, to change all these signs. Nobody's talking about that cost. Mm-hmm. So you're against you're against. I'm them. against it totally. Right now, there's accidents every day, and the mayor and everybody and the chief of police are talking about doing stuff, and nothing is happening. Okay. This is bad timing. Thanks for that, Eric. Thank you, Libby. Okay. Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine. Yeah, um, I do agree with the increase in speed limit, but I believe today, electronically, the speed limit could be varied, uh, weather conditions, driving conditions, like Sunday afternoon when the 401 is jammed up. Um, I do a lot of long-distance driving, and I speed, I drive on the 400 series highways between 121 and 135. That's the 400 to 401 or the Queenie. Just a minute. You drive, drive 121 to 135? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm 135. 135? Okay, I hope the chief is listening. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's somebody who can give a tip. He, he, they've seen that, and they've seen a lot of traffic that does go that fast. And I'm not talking about being the lone duck. I'm not, uh, I don't drive the lone duck. I, I'm usually with a pack of cars that are going. But here's the advantage of the... When was the last time you were pulled over and given a ticket, Bob? Years ago. Three years ago, for one kilometer over, uh, I was doing one fifteen on well, a Well, Bob, I'd say you got lucky. I know, but let me explain to you. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about that. Yeah, but let me explain to you the advantage in increasing the speed limit in in Ontario. I have I run to um, Duberville. I don't even know where that is. A thousand kilometers door to door. Right. If I drive the speed limit, it's 12 hours, uh-huh. 12 and a half hours if I drive the speed limit as it stands. And if I drive 20 over or 21 over, it's 10 and a half. Okay, but it, it, why is that my problem? It's not your problem. But what it is, it becomes anybody else's problem who has to drive 12 hours. So they get drowsy, but they won't pull over. Well, okay? well, so that's you, you're, you're just. Day, I went to Windsor and back in one day, and a lot of people do that because it's business. Okay, they went to Windsor and back in one day. Yeah, but Bob, irresponsible behavior, dangerous I know behavior. That. But what is better? Go a hundred kilometers an hour and fall asleep where you're driving. Or go 120 and have a time to rest. Okay, Bob. I, uh, you know, I'm okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I guess uh, I don't know if education uh, can solve that, Brian Patterson. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, part of it is, uh, uh, you know, we're, I, I guess Elliot and uh, the superintendent and I've heard all those stories, and I'm sure there isn't an OPP officer that hasn't been given some sort of cockamamie. Uh, excuse that if I exceed the speed limit for five hours, I'm somehow going to get in under my 14-hour cap, and uh, following the law is unworkable for me and my employer. So uh, I, I, I think, uh, you know, what we, we really want to look at is that uh, as we educate people, uh, and the speed differential between commercial vehicles, my understanding is it's not changing. So uh, we're going to see that uh, go unchanged. Wait, so this this wouldn't apply to commercial vehicles? That's uh, my understanding is it won't, yeah. Really? The 105 is going to remain. I haven't heard anything different than that. Okay, uh, and uh, Chief, do you have anything to say about the the kinds of attitudes that we just heard? Well, you know, I think that's where education needs to come in. People need to understand that if they're uh, driving, if they're inattentive, they're falling asleep that they need to find a spot to pull over and uh, and and take a rest and uh, that they should be following the speed limit and not be looking at oh I might get tired so therefore I need to speed up so I get there at a shorter period of time as an excuse. I mean we know that speed kills. Right? And, and, and we falling see it every asleep year. at the wheel it's does one of the, too. It's one of the 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 major contributing factors to fatalities on highways across the province. Okay, now I see a caller wants to ask about something we haven't touched on yet, because the other side of this is that the province is considering ticketing people, penalizing them for driving too slowly. Leo in Scarborough. Hi, Leo. Hi, Libby. What did you want to ask about that? Well, you know, I I drive the 401 uh, almost every day, and I find that uh, there's a lot of people out there who are driving way too slow, in the uh, fast lane, especially in the fast lane, you see them driving 70, 75 kilometers an hour when they should be driving 100. 
you know, uh, that's what's holding up a lot of traffic. It's not the speed limit that matters so much. The 401 is built to, for, for a much higher speed than what we're doing today. But that's, that's, you know, that's not even necessary to talk about this. What they should be talking about is why people are driving so slow. They, they actually are talking about that. Leo, thanks for your call. Uh, Elliot, do you have a view on, is, do you think that's traffic that's too slow is a problem? I, I think when you put it all together, you've got a situation where whether it's even 100 kilometers an hour, 110, driving is a privilege, not a right. So you need to make sure you're following the rules of the road. And that also means making sure that you're using the correct lane um, and that you're driving the proper speed. So I think that this opportunity here is a reminder for everybody to make sure they're navigating the road safely, um, regardless of the speed limit. I, I have to tell you that sometimes I've had an experience that, that I uh, pass or I change lanes into the left lane, and then I want to get out of there, but everybody is going so fast and won't let you in. It's, it can be hard to get out of there. It can certainly be I, challenging. I, I can tell you, Libby, uh, I'm not the expert on the Highway Traffic Act that Chuck is, but nowhere on the 400 Series Highway is there anything identified as the fast lane? <laughs> well, yeah, I would agree with you on that. <laughs> I would yeah. agree with you on that. I've had and that. I, and I, they're going to open the HOV lanes to single rider motorcycles. That's good for me. Not if I have a guy uh, behind me in an F-150 planning to do 160 while I'm in the HOV lane. Yeah. Yeah. Let's um, hear from uh, Ron in Bellwood. Hey, Ron. Yes, good day. How are you? Fine. How are you? Not too bad. I feel that the speed limit should stay the same. Okay. Because people are driving too fast regardless. And even in the HOV lanes, they, they come up behind you and they're flashing their lights. They want to go by you. They cross over the, the line out of the HOV, go in front of you and cross back in front of you. You know, that's why there's so many accidents. People are careless. They don't slow down, even in the city. Yep. Well, and, and I disagree with raising the speed limit. Okay, thanks for that. Thank you. Okay, Bye-bye. Susan in Toronto. Hi, Susan. Hi. Um, hi, Libby. I drive on the 400 a lot because I visit my sister, Tottenham, and I can tell you right now that they are speeding. Like, I've tried to catch up. I've just, just to see how fast, and I'm, I've gone 100 all the way up to 140, and they're zooming by me. So the 400 is really notorious for, as far as I can see, people going fast. And I think if they, I don't think them raising the speed limit is going to make any difference. I think they're still going to go, people are still going to to speed. And I don't think it's going to make any difference. Okay. Thanks for that, Susan. Okay. Okay. Um, we are starting to run out of time on this. Uh, Chief, Chief Cox, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I guess I'll, I'll leave you with this. I mean, just on the congestion issue uh, that was raised earlier, there, there's many factors that lead to congestion, and it's and it's not just people that are traveling too slow in the passing lane, but it, also it's about people that are are in the passing lane until they're less than one kilometer from their exit, and then they have to move over through congested traffic in order to get. Uh, to get off the highway instead of getting over early and being in the right lane to exit the highway when there when there are opportunity comes. So there's a lot to this issue. 
Um, there's a lot of consultation that I think needs to take place so that we do it in the interest of public safety, making sure that the uh, speed limits that we come up with are enforceable, that there's proper deterrence in place to ensure that uh, people don't take advantage of the increase if there is an increase and start going even faster than we know they already are on our highways because the data is irrevocable. I mean, speed is one of the most significant causal factors in fatal collisions and personal injury collisions on our highways, and in fact, in all collisions on our highways. And uh, so we really need to make sure that we take a look at this carefully. That's what I'd like to leave you with. Brian? I want Elliot to follow Chief Cox because he covered all of my uh, Okay. I think we're going to go forward uh, quite cooperatively on this in the... uh, in the insight, because one of the uh, advantages the minister has is he has access to uh, uh, enforcement uh, data from uh, all municipalities, but also uh, the OPP in particular. So we're going to get good data to look at as we make these decisions going forward. And Elliot. I think, you know, we have uh, some of the safest roads in all of North America right now in Ontario. And I think that what we do moving forward should be factoring that in. Um, I agree with what's been stated, that safety is paramount and education is key. Okay. People, I did not have time to take all of your calls. Remember, Free For All Friday is coming up tomorrow, and we can continue this conversation because uh, my sense of it is that it's it's pretty well almost evenly divided between people who think this is a great idea and people who think not so much. Right now, I would like to thank Brian Patterson, President and CEO of the Ontario Safety League, Charles Cox, Chief Superintendent, Commander of the Highway Safety Division for the Ontario Provincial Police, and Elliot Silverstein, the Manager of Government Relations at the CAA. Thank you all, and I'm sure we will revisit this conversation sometime soon. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.